Hey there, this is Courtney of the Maiden Voyage podcast, and you're listening to episode three, season one. The one where we dive into, is there a man there? Maiden Voyage is a podcast recorded by the women of Impulse Creative. Audrey, Rachel, Jen, Danielle, Courtney, Jackie. We're CEOs, salespeople, project managers, writers, and marketers. We're also wives, rad moms, remote employees all over the country, in-house staff, empowered single ladies, and all-around ass-kickers. There's a lot of challenges we face, overcome, and share that make our voyage different than those of the men we work with. This is our journey. This week's episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative. Audrey, as a project manager, I know this is something that you struggle with, with your role and some of the clients, so do you want to kind of dive in? Sure. Talk about your experiences. Um, I guess it happened a lot more at the very beginning when I started here about three years ago. Um, I felt a lot of the times clients would um, not necessarily go over my head, but they felt more um, confident going around me to talk to a man, which made me feel very incompetent and um, not secure in my role. And come to find out, they would just be asking questions like, I need to change my meeting, which is literally my job. So it, um, it, it got really strange that it wasn't like working with another female on the team that was in the office. They would literally only be wanting to talk to the two men in the office. So it wasn't um, like, a, oh, she's new. I'm going to go to someone else issue. It was they literally felt more confident talking to a man. Yeah, and that's, you know, perception, in, unfortunately, is that you are sometimes the first person that answers the phone. Now, that doesn't make you the secretary or the receptionist or any of those jobs that are valuable and necessary in this world. But, like, just because you're the one answering the phone or just because you're the one, the first one in the office in the morning, that doesn't make you the person who is just the doormat or, you know, the entryway, the entry point. Right. And it was even worse when I was the only female in here. And um, I was for a really long time. So people only saw me as um, the secretary. Like it was true. People would ask me questions that have nothing to do with my job just because I'm not like, where are the paper towels? <laughs> like what? I don't project manage the paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's not a project of mine. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And unfortunately, this is going to derail. I'm so sorry. But, like, there are times when I think we are asked questions as women that no one would ever ask a man. Like, where's the tape? Where's this? Where's – we should, like, we should put that there. But the man doesn't get up and move it there. They, like, sit there and wait for us to do it. I was very triggered at a work meeting a few months ago that I was, like, great idea. Why don't you do it? But yes. is your idea I do it? Like, that's just not, mm -mm, that's not how it should go. Or when we're all in a conference meeting and I'm the only female in the room and I'm the one going to get the coffee for the client. Or cleaning up when everyone leaves the room. Oh yeah. We remember when uh, everyone from HQ came in and we got stuck with all the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. I told you just not. To yeah. <laughs> well, I know Courtney had a, a story that I can definitely relate to. This happens constantly, but Courtney, why don't you go ahead and explain? Sure. So this isn't something that actually like happened at work. Um, I was in college taking a digital arts class and got assigned some group members, not by choice. And um, we were working on a project that required us to put sound on top of a silent video. And so I had two guys in my group 
and I had made some recommendations and they kind of just like, yeah, okay, no, not going to work. Blah, blah, blah. And then like literally moments later, the other guy in the group suggested the same thing that I just said. And they're like, oh yeah, good idea. And I'm like, did I not just say that? Like, <laughs> so it's like almost like I wasn't taking seriously. And like, I feel like that's something that we kind of struggle with. Like, I don't know, just in the workplace sometimes. And I know Audrey, Yeah, <laughs> this happens to her a lot. All the time. It's so funny because I don't even like make a big deal of it. I wish I do, but I just, I'm literally, I'll just be like, I just said that. I, I just said that. Yeah. And I think Corny, and this is really funny too. I think Corny is the only one who even hears me say that. <laughs> like they're still not listening. <laughs> it's an inconfident thing. It, it, like they literally, I don't want to say they, cause that sounds very mean, <laughs> but like people think you're incompetent just because we're female. And it's like, why do we have to try so hard to prove our worth when all a man has to do is be there? Show up. Yep. It's frustrating. Rachel, I know that you had um, a good point on this as well. Yeah. When we first started the business and it was just Remington and I, they only wanted to speak to him. So whenever I would answer the phone, which I was usually the first person to answer the phone, they thought of me as a secretary and like a call board, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would only want to speak to him. And even if I was handling their entire project, they would want to speak to him. And then he would get off the phone and say, what they told him and I would be like okay and eventually I just told them that he wasn't there and then they would speak to me or something like that and yeah I mean it's been a struggle for a long time until well literally the last like three years or so but eventually once those clients get used to you being in charge then they will start actually requesting you or they'll be like, no, I don't want to speak to Remington. I want to speak to her because they know we take get business done. But I feel like there's always going to be those that type of person that won't be happy talking to us. A little sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are still some, because now I feel like the same way. Like sometimes I feel like people would rather talk to me because they know that like I'm in the trenches with them. But there's still that one type of person that doesn't think that anything I say has value Mm -hmm. or my ideas aren't as good as my male counterparts or they don't even hear the ideas like Courtney's story and then they will hear the exact same idea and from a man and it resonates right somewhat out of character for me I stopped saying things in certain meetings because I felt like exactly what Courtney was saying that I just was like not being heard and so I'm like well I'm I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and then let it let the cards fall where they lay and that's like not my problem which it's not my character to be like that but I think um you can only not be heard so many times before you're like well I'm not going to say anything now um and I took the attitude and I, it, it was disheartening for me to have to feel that way. But, um, I also think that, you know, I'm relatively new at the agency and maybe I felt like I didn't know as much as I should to contribute to the conversation. And I kind of took it up the ladder a little bit and was told like, no, like my thoughts are good. My ideas are valuable. They do need to be heard, which is why I'm invited to the meeting. And like, I was instructed to speak up and if not, there would be ramifications negatively, which was really empowering. So the next time I did go into a meeting, it was like, 
you're wrong and here's why you're wrong. And right. I just keep pushing forward with that. And that's, you know, we, we, we've all been in these situations. I've even had them in sales meetings where people were like, oh, I thought, you know, like this guy and this guy were going to be here. And I'm like, well, I don't know who told you they were coming. They weren't on the invitation. So mm-hmm. it was rather clear they weren't invited. Um, and honestly, they don't know anything about the conversation we're having. So I don't know why you expected that. And I think it's easier for me personally to like push back on people who aren't internal right? It's easier for me to say to a prospect, like, no, dude, this is the end of the line. If you want to price about something, it comes from me or it comes from nobody. But it's harder for me to do internally to say, colleague, please don't talk to me like that. Or colleague, please don't ignore me like that. Because I don't know, it makes me feel like I'm a whiny baby or something. Yeah. So I struggle with that still. Well, and it's also easier for them to ignore slash um, disregard because they do know you well too. Do you guys feel like you get interrupted a lot too? Like, I don't know if it's like, I I feel like this happens to me all the time, like my family and like just in general. And like, I guess I'm kind of like infamous for like horrible storytelling. And I have a theory behind that. And that is because I am so used to being interrupted that by the time I people are still listening. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I haven't been interrupted. Like I didn't plan this far in advance. Like, I didn't plan the ending to the story. Cause I like, I'm so used to being interrupted and like, I really wanted to interrupt you, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but is that, is that just me? Like, is it cause my personality, like, am I just soft-spoken or is it just like, because just people so don't take us seriously or like, what is it? It's a combination of you being um, a woman and young and pretty. (laughs) You are easily dismissible by a large part of the world. And I hate to say it like that, but I've been there. We all have. And that's just how it goes. I've been interrupted maybe like not as much, but um, I've got a pretty aggressive personality. Maybe not as aggressive and loud as Jackie. Love you, Jackie. Um, But yeah, I, I usually am the person to interrupt. So sorry about that. Sometimes I think you need to be like assertive and circle back because that happened to me a lot in the past where, um, I would be interrupted and then my defense mechanism, right, would to be like to shell up and not say what I wanted to say because I would just assume clearly somebody doesn't want to hear it. Um, but I think something that I've tried to do since then is to circle back or kind of like wait and kind of like Rachel said, like, be a little bit more assertive about it, and bring up, but not in, like, a bitter way, the fact that you were interrupted, but just to, like, make note to let them know, like, oh, I'm circling back to this, you know what I mean, it doesn't have to be in, like, a nasty sideways, like, oh, thanks for talking over me kind of way, but you can still make a point to say, like, hey, I'm going to be heard. Right, and actually, um, Jen, you're bringing us right into where we need to be, um, mechanisms to overcome our, our feelings or our situations. Um, for me, I, I'm going to piggyback off of you, Jen. I, I, I know a lot of it has to do with confidence, but I also, like Jackie said, I don't give them another option. Like, I'm sorry, the whoever man in the office is not available right now. If you want something done, I'm your girl. If I can't help you, then I'll go ahead and ring a friend and call you back. Um, so I kind of just, yeah, it's, it's me or nothing type thing. Right. Totally. And I think to like kind of jump on that too, I feel like a big thing is that 
when people respect authority, sometimes an order needs to come from the authority figure they respect. So something that I've tried to do is actually talk to the person. So like if this case, it was like Remington or something, I'd say, hey, this person will only talk to you. I think you need to tell them that they have to talk to me. And as awful as that sounds to have to do that. Yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't saying him specifically, but like in general, like the authority figure, you almost need to like ask them to tell the person to say like this is the person to talk to and it's an infuriating thing to have to do yeah but that makes me almost listening (laughs) it does but at the same time like you said it comes back to confidence so if they come back to you after hearing this and they're kind of like you know the tail between their legs like oh I guess I have to talk to you about it now like this is the time when you can kind of shine a little bit and say like yeah I know (laughs) you know what I mean yeah Jen, I would say that um, you handled being interrupted in a meeting yesterday very well. Um, And I don't even know if you realized it happened, but I witnessed, it was a great group conversation, but you were trying to explain something and people kept kind of sneaking in and you did not deter from your, your flow. You, you like, were very much like, yes. Thank you. But you kept plowing forward. And I think it, that's something I have to do all the time. Cause like I'm constantly in, I'm as a salesperson, I'm like in meetings and you need to just like, this is my course. This is the course I'm staying. And if you have something to say, fine, but I'm not detouring. I am moving forward in my path because this is, this is the, the, the destination we're moving towards. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought that I wanted to commend you. That was really great yesterday. Um, okay. but I think you all hit it like it, it's confidence, it's knowing your self-worth. And I think sometimes, and I know, Remington, if you're listening, you're going to hate this, but fake it till you make it. I know he hates that. <laughs> but like sometimes you need to portray <laughs> who are the expert, even if you aren't, because you're going to get pushed down, walked over and asked for somebody else. And I feel that way sometimes. When I first started out here, it was like, I don't know everything, but I feel like I know enough to be deadly and I'm not bringing in Remington on this call. Like I can handle this. And I think you need to sometimes do that to push through these. Can I talk to somebody else's like, there is nobody else. I am the expert and you need to talk to me or talk to nobody. And something I I learned too a while ago is that you don't have to know all of the answers. You don't have to. Like, write them down and follow up. You don't have to know everything. And you, and yes, Audrey, I learned that a long time ago in, in my line of work that I don't know everything. And I said that yesterday too. I know people who know everything and that makes me powerful. Right. And I am your gateway to them. So if I can't answer your question, I am going to get back to you, but I'm certainly not transferring you. Right. Absolutely. There's a, a scene from the Sex and the City movie, the first one where Samantha Jones is standing up trying to give her speech during the rehearsal dinner and the guy keeps interrupting. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And she's like, Hey, dickwad, I'm speaking. (laughs) (laughs) We should all just start saying that. (laughs) And I don't know. I, that scene just popped in my head and I had to share. I remember that. That was really good. <laughs> Maybe we should channel a little, little bit more Samantha Jones. I'm going to start laughing every time I think about that. Each week here on Maiden Voyage, we give away a hot sauce packet in lieu of gold stars to someone who did a great job. It's our little way of saying, you're great, and we recognize your effort.
But life is not Pinterest, so you get what's already in our desk drawers, along with our respect. Hot sauce packet. <laughs> so much better than a sticker anyways, because you can put this on your food. You can't eat stickers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who wants to give out this week's hot sauce packet award? Jen, I will be sending you a hot sauce packet because of the story that Jackie told about your meeting. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so my hot sauce packet of the week goes to the skim. Um, I shared this with the girls earlier and I'm so excited about it because I feel like I want to be kept up to date on like what's going on in the world around me. But I watch the news in the morning because I've always been a local news junkie, but it doesn't always give you like the good stuff, like that's going on globally. And my sister-in-law just started working at this really cool company called The Skim. It's the skim two M's S K I M M dot com. And Danielle, what is it? TLDR? Help an old lady out. Uh, so it's basically from what I gathered, what you showed us this morning, it's like a, a too long didn't read or TLDR version of the news. So just a little summary of the bigger story enough to give you an idea of what's happening so that you could talk about it or know whether or not you want to read into it further. Or not talk about it. Cause some of it's, sure. you know, you know, no one offend. But anyway, so yes, thank you, Danielle. Um, she also taught me about Reddit, and I was like, what's that? <laughs> Who wrote? Who this? So what I really like about the Daily Skin is, just like Danielle said, it's like this, it gives you a headline. It tells you a little bit about the story. It digs deeper into the background of the story. It tells you, like, here's the bottom line, what you need to know. And it does that for, like, five or six topics, and then that's done. It's a really great quote. Like, one was Michelle Obama. I think today was Mariah Carey. So it's female empowered quotes. And it just, I love it. I like read it as soon as I wake up in the morning, the last few days, it comes to my inbox. It's a newsletter you can sign up for. And I would like to give this game a hot sauce packet because I think they're really cool. It's run by women and I'm super into it. So follow them, subscribe and, you know, pepper your food with some Tabasco, the skin. Heck yeah. So now we're going to move into something we call the poop deck, which is basically when we talk about a crappy situation, whether that's something that's happened to us or a brand or anybody. So, or maybe an agency. An agency, yeah. And so we have two situations, and of course they're us. Um, we weren't recording the first round, um, so we basically had this podcast. Like we re- we got halfway through and realized we weren't recording. So. That was awesome. And then sounds like Danielle had a pretty crappy night last night. If you want to kind of dive into your poopy situation, no pun intended. <laughs> there was poop in uh, Courtney In really summary, <laughs> the baby pooped in her bath for the first time, and I didn't catch it until she was already diapered and lotioned and in her pajamas. And uh, then I saw the poops. And then I had to Google how to disinfect a tub and a million and one bath toys and a baby who's already tired and ready for bed. And then um, I gave her a sponge bath, but during that she peed all over everything, so I had to do it again. And then I finally got her in bed before I could, then my house is a mess. There's like water everywhere. There's like poops in the tub. I can see vegetables in the poops, which is actually <laughs> gross. Uh, there's bath toys everywhere, uh, towels, and then, like, I have this pee pile, 
going of laundry that I have to do. And then I put her back in bed. She goes to sleep. Or I put her in bed. She goes to sleep, um, which can be a struggle some nights because she's not eight months old yet. And um, the freaking biggest spider you've ever seen in a house comes walking through the kitchen like he's John Wayne. And so I've got to take out a broom and smash it. Um, and the problem with that is it woke her up because I'm like slamming the broom on this thing because I'm terrified. My husband's at work. Um, I'm trying not to scream, but I'm like sweating. This thing's so big. I could see his facial hair. So I'm like slamming it with the broom. I can hear her starting to cry. And this was like an hour after the origin poop. Ah! And then she was so riled up, it took like another hour to get her back to bed. And then about an hour and a half to disinfect everything. I'm still doing the laundry from the incident. Oh, my gosh. I have to say, I'm like really impressed with you that you said you cleaned all the bath toys. Now, luckily, I've never had a poop in the bath, but I would have thrown all those toys away because I do not, I I cannot with that. Yeah, I didn't know what the protocol was. Like, I posted in my mom's group immediately, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? What is the protocol here? And then I Googled it. And it's time text me. The moms in the mom's group thought to wash the baby down. They're like, I wouldn't even think about that. But here I am, like, she's been playing in poop water for, like, 15 minutes. I can't just let that go. Nobody wants to play in poop water. Here's the gross part about the bath toys. You have to squeeze the water out of them because Mm -hmm. they're munchkin squirter toys. And you have to squeeze all the water out and then wash the inside by, like, back up with water. So there I am with pink mm-hmm. jellyfish toys and like black thing with squeaky toy and nice <laughs> with my glass of wine. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and I'm squishing the water out, pulling it back up. Next. next time, just do a vinegar bath. All right, Ed, can I give you a, a fun tip about the toys? Hot glue gun the hole, yeah. and then water can't Plug get it up. This is the thing about being a newer mom. <laughs> you don't know all the life hacks that, yeah. Well, I got that one for Pinterest, so. That's great. I'm going to do that before the next turd. <laughs> I had a similar situation when Carter was like two months old. I had like the little baby bath kind of thing that's like you put in the tub. Yeah, that's and- what we have. It's inflatable. It's shaped like a duck. It's adorable. But it wasn't, I didn't have vegetables floating or anything, but you definitely knew he pooped because it like floated on the top and it like became bubbles. So, yeah, Yeah. that was my one and only. So this is really fun talking about baby. (laughs) Tune in next week when we dive into living in a HubSpot world with the ponytail, where we talk about why inbound marketing is more female than ever. Until then, stay your course and remember this is your voyage. Make it amazing. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.